From Positive Momentum, this is Meet the CEO, a show that takes you behind the scenes of the working lives of people who've reached what some might call the pinnacle of the career ladder. I'm Matt Crabtree, the founder of Positive Momentum, and on today's show, we meet Amabel Grant, the chief executive of Bloom Procurement Services, an organisation that offers a dynamic supply chain providing the public sector with a marketplace to buy and manage services using a pre-approved and ever-growing network of suppliers and consultants. Now, with social value at the heart of what they do, more than 72% of their so far £1.1 billion of projects delivered have actually been awarded to SMEs and third sector organisations. Amabel's rich career includes programme management for the Office of Government Commerce, head of e-sourcing for the Olympic Delivery Authority, a period as COO for Procserve, building a £6 billion marketplace, amongst other things, and a period with Crown Marketplace. So I think it's fair to say there isn't much about public sector procurement that she doesn't know. Amabel has been with Bloom since 2018 and has been Chief Executive since April 2021. So I started out as we always do on Meet the CEO by asking Amabel why she became a CEO. One thing is for sure, and that's I didn't set out in my career to be a CEO. Uh, I guess I've always been really ambitious with no uh, kind of self-imposed limits on what I could achieve. But essentially, I've, I've always taken every opportunity I've been given. Um, and worked really hard at it. Uh, and then my role as CEO of Bloom, I was given this fantastic opportunity in a market, which I've been working in it for 25 years, to lead an organisation with fantastic growth potential. And as I say, I've always taken advantage of, of, of opportunities when I get them. Yeah, I mean, you've got a really fascinating background, Amabel, and, it, and it's easy to see, you know, the, the place you're in is a is a, a clearly a particular career passion of yours. But What's really interesting about Bloom is you know you've got a founder there and you're you're now the CEO. Any particular learns from that? I mean, you're not the first person to become a CEO where the the founder is around, but it sometimes creates uh, interesting opportunities, interesting challenges. How have you found it? Well, actually, for us, it works quite well. We're we're quite we're very different. I'm very target, objective, task driven. Um, and um, whereas Adam is a real kind of entrepreneur, blue sky thinker, you know, often thinks of things in a very different way to the way I think, which can be quite linear. So actually, I think we complement each other quite well. Um, we do have to set a number of ground rules um, about how we work together, uh, which is always good. Um, and then sometimes we just need to check back in on those ground rules if, if, we, if we feel things aren't um, aren't uh, working as well as they could. I guess, like all things in life, it's all about communication, right? And 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 trust, really. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you can complement each other, and that, that's often the challenge, isn't it, in these relationships? Is it a truly complementary relationship where both sides appreciate what each other brings? Um, uh, uh, but together with, I, I noticed the regular, the, the check-in on how are we doing? Because when you're building a business at pace, um, then, uh, then, then sometimes that just needs to take a breath for a moment, right? No, that's right. And I think that we need to. I think that's right. I think communication is absolutely key, but not necessarily too much communication. It's about the right amount of communication. Yes, yes. You know, at the right times, and um, and also it's really important that in in that relationship that we are um, supportive of each other. Yeah, 
uh, and, that, and that it's you know a healthy balance of support and challenge yeah 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 love that we call it being a critical friend to one another both critical and friendly uh sometimes in the same breath definitely in the same day um very good thank you uh, amabel i'm sure you're uh speaking to the lived experience of a few of good few of our listeners um can we talk we, we like on meet the ceo to get a little bit you know sort of behind the curtain of how you operate as a ceo and what your what your days are like do you have parts of your day that you protect um we're often interested to discover what maybe the sort of structure is if you have one or or is it more dynamic with you so it's been very dynamic and i have to say that's been very challenging from the perspective that it is very easy to get consumed uh all day every day with meetings um so that's something we've we've made a real conscious effort everyone in the exec team at bloom actually recently to to make some changes so that we've all got a, a day a week where we uh, actually get a bit of headspace, time to think about strategy, time to get some actual work done. Um, so that by the time you get to the end of the week, you're not sort of drowning in your to do list. You've managed to get a handle on all of that um, because that's really important. If you don't have time to step back um, and uh, look at the business and think about strategy and have that kind of clear thinking time. Um, then you can just drown in in, in meetings and, and tasks and uh, and not really uh, deliver your full potential or, or or indeed for the business. Yeah. So, so is that a day a week where you don't have meetings and you sort of is it the same day that you all have? It is. Yes. Is yeah. it okay? Is it a particular day of the week or or is it just one? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Okay, of course. <laughs> uh, and the other sort of unwritten rule is is that then if you want to have a quick five minute conversation with somebody, you don't have to. Uh, arrange a meeting you can ping them and say are, are you free for five minutes um, and so far that's working is it early days are you are you just just trialing that we're just trialing it at the moment yes very good very good oh, I feel like I, w- I want to check back in with you in a couple of months to see how it goes because as you all know I'm sure you you talk with um, peers elsewhere it is a heck of a conundrum because the week just gets consumed doesn't it as you say very easily with you know client demands stakeholder demands investor demands and 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 separating 20 percent is is a is a big deal it is a big deal i mean I've, I've i've spoken to other ceos and discussed this subject with them and some of them will, will have rules where they won't have a meeting before 10 o'clock they won't have a meeting after two o'clock and so on yeah that's, that's very difficult to manage given the volume of what we've got to get through. So we're, we're trialling the, the the day a week to see how that goes. And yeah, so far, so good. I always remember that when Justin King was at Sainsbury's, he, I think they trialled for a while, locking all of the meeting room doors in the Holborn head office on Fridays. I don't know if you, this might be some sort of myth, I don't know. Um, because he said on Fridays, we should be out actually in the stores, not sitting in meetings um, in head office. And whether it was a myth or not, it definitely created an expectation of 20% of our time is not sitting, talking to each other, but it is thinking about bigger macro trends, whether it be that in store for them or strategically, what do we do in the future for perhaps the likes of you and I? So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I feel like we need to do a sort of follow up in, in six months time and, and tell our listeners how it's been going. Um <laughs> Amabel, I wonder what the most challenging situation is you've encountered so far as a CEO. We live in a world of 
seemingly constant challenge. We're recording this on the day that um, UBS acquired uh, Credit Suisse. It'll be uh, a good few weeks before this comes out, but I suspect our listeners will remember this day. Um, we seem to, in our generation, be served with uh, a, a regular helping of good challenge. H- how about you? What's uh, What's been the biggest one you've faced? So I think really the biggest one I've faced was was really that that move from the kind of pre-COVID world to the post-COVID world. Hybrid working was clearly here to stay. That took my boards um, some convincing to um, to uh, appreciate that that was the case. Uh, it really meant as a as an organisation we had to have a really good look at our culture um, and become a true purpose led organisation. And you know that culture is around being a commitment culture. And at the same time, we we look very closely at different ways we were communicating with people. We implemented um, an open door policy, which is actually through an online platform where anybody can ask anonymous questions, and they and they really are anonymous, um, or make um, suggestions uh, as to how we can improve things and so on. So that was I think that was a real challenge because there was a real shift in everybody's mindset around um, how their lives should work, around well-being, particularly around the employee voice and giving people choice in their work. So, yeah, it was a big challenge, but I feel we've made great strides in that area. Oh, goodness, I bet you've got a load of people's attention here because um, this is just about, I think, the most common business challenge that people are facing right now, certainly from an internal culture perspective. A couple of things I'd just love to find out a bit more about. You, you, You said... We're a commitment culture. What, what do you mean by that? I guess there are various different types of of of, of cultures that uh, we looked at and said, well, wh- which one of those are we? So, you know, one would be an autocratic culture where you just can lead from the top and tell everybody what to do. Um, another would be a, um, a bureaucratic culture, uh, which is where everything has a process and everything is 100% driven by process and you, and you can't do it any other way. I'm not liking the first two so far. What else you got? <laughs> so I've got? I've got a star culture where okay. you employ absolutely the best people you can and then just chuck them in the business and let them get on with it. And because mm-hmm. they're, they're superstars, um, they should be able to um, work that out. Um, and then finally, you've got the commitment culture. Now, these are all were all defined for us by um, a guy called Damien Hughes, mm-hmm. who's a professional um, you know, coach and speaker. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of those different types of culture he developed when I think he wrote a book called The Barcelona Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had him as a keynote speaker at our conference in 2021. Fantastic. Our kickoff conference. Um, and, um, you know, hence he sort of explained this framework to us and we worked through it as a business and said, well, which, which do we want to be? Um, and we did that really, you know, from the bottom up. Um, and that commitment culture is is supported by. Uh, what we call our trademark behaviours, which also came from within the business. So they weren't, you know, imposed top down. Um, so that, that's been a big part of of um, of the culture we have today at Bloom. Well, that's very interesting and, and very nice to um, to name check Damien and, uh, and some really, really interesting work there. That has therefore underpinned, has it, your shift to hybrid working in a way that... I mean, I can't resist asking, you know, how do the board feel about it now, having having been perhaps a little uncertain? How, how are they feeling today about it? The board are now really comfortable with it and absolutely accept it as the way forward. Uh, and I guess one of the other, you know, one, one of the advantages of it 
um, is that it means we've been able to widen our net in terms of who we employ. Uh, we've always had field-based individuals because we've got customers all over the country. Um, so we've always had um, people based in the field to service those customers. Um, but now in terms of every function, we've been able to widen the net. Uh, so we've kept our, our head office in, uh, in bricks and mortar in Gateshead and we'll, and we'll always uh, keep that presence there. Um, but everything else is hybrid. We've, we've also, we've actually just started trialing uh, regional hubs, which is as a result of the feedback we've had um, from this uh, open door policy uh, that people would like to, they want to continue hybrid working, but they also want the opportunity to see each other occasionally. And not just for professional purposes, but also actually for social purposes. Yeah. Uh, so we've just started that first trial in um, Manchester. So we'll see how that goes. So it's a, a like a local office that you've got or access to a, a flexible workspace. Flexible workspace, exactly. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I mean, that, that that's what we're all doing, isn't it? We are testing and learning about how much or how little of this do people want and of course different people want different things don't they because some people need that social interaction like they need oxygen and some are able to perform perfectly adequately you know without having to turn up to what what we'd recognize as a conventional office no that's right absolutely and and what's actually also interesting about that is that it's not necessarily the people you would traditionally class as introverts or extroverts true you need that um face-to-face um contact but to essentially for, for for energy yeah whereas actually people can be extrovert and, and and not need to see other people you know the opposite can be the case i so. think that's absolutely right that's absolutely yeah. right it's a tiny tiny silver lining from a horrible covid cloud is that we've evolved a little bit in terms of how we see people and motivate them and create an environment for them to excel in yeah Great, really great. Also love the idea of this open door platform, an online place that people can go to and for to be genuinely give genuine anonymous feedback. Do people use it? I suspect there might be some skeptics yeah. out there who go, yeah, but do they really use it? Well, I can't tell you if everybody's used it because it's anonymous. Of <laughs> <laughs> but what I can tell you is, is that we do get a lot of feedback through it. Great. That feedback is either it's either a question which can be sort of answered straight away, or it's something that's brought to the exec team and me. Uh, and then uh, and, and then we'll consider what, what we'll do about it, what we can do about it, what's right for the business. Um, and then we'll go back and, and answer that question, either directly one to one. We might share it through our, you know, our monthly um, Bloom Buzz, which is our monthly company meeting. Bloom Buzz. I love that. Bloom Buzz. I love the name of the firm, by the way. It's really great. Really great. Um I have other questions, though, I want to get to. Um, you have cl- you are clearly the kind of person you describe it with, Damien and others, who is interested in other points of view and then puts them together together with your exec team. Who's most influenced the way that you lead, Amabel? I worked for a chief executive a couple of years ago, um, which was a, a, a fantastic experience, one of the sort of best people really I've ever worked for. And he was quite extraordinary because he was kind of on, on the subject of autocratic. He was sort of the opposite of autocratic. Um, he wasn't democratic either, I mean, all the time, um, but he's certainly consultant and listen. And it was just, he was a very understated, um, nice guy. And I've always thought, actually, you know, you can be, um, you can be understated and you can be a decent person, even if you are a leader, um, and, um, and actually um, achieve a great deal. because. 
people want to succeed for you um, as opposed to feeling that they have to succeed for you, uh, which I think is the right way around. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely right. We um, we seem to have evolved into a world of of respecting people who have a a little more vulnerability um, and and therefore are willing to listen. I don't don't know. I'm always cautious with political parallels, but I think Jacinda Ardern um, demonstrated an ability to be a leader without necessarily needing to be what we might recognise on this side of the planet, perhaps as slightly more autocratic styles on occasion um clearly uh different people have different views but yeah that understated style um has something to be said for it doesn't it i think so yeah good um you've mentioned executive your executive team a number of times and the way that you're engaging with them and your uh your friday free of meetings what, what have you learned about if executive teams you've been on many uh if i look back through your profile what's the what's the secret if there is one from your point of view, to a really effective executive team? I mean, the obvious one is having absolutely the right mix of skills and experience to run your business. Uh, having said that, um, the kind of secret ingredient really and the sort of gel that, that sticks everybody together and makes them um, work more effectively as a, as a team than as individuals, uh, I think is around some diversity of thinking in the team. So, you know, different backgrounds, different psychometric profiles, different um, uh, routes in terms of how they've got got to where they are today um, is all part of that. And, you know, I think the other point is really just to absolutely um, find absolutely the best people you can. And and I want people to I've, I've done a number of roles in my past. So chief operating officer, chief technical officer, head of sales. I always want to do is find somebody who can do that job far better than I could I could um and then I think you're on to a winner whereas if you think you can do everybody else's job better than they can then you'd end up being uh, very frustrated yeah no that's that's for sure but I, I guess the the challenge always with that and it's a bit like the sort of star culture I guess that Damien describes is often people who are real rock stars in their particular area of specialism sometimes mm. don't listen quite so well to colleagues in a different function so I mean I'm as listeners probably know you know my background was in sales and marketing I I could have often been better uh, and with apologies to the people who who went through this uh, listening to an HR colleague or an operations colleague or an IT colleague any tips for how to get people who are fantastic in their area I completely agree with you hire people who are better at that than you were but to also gel really well to still have that opinion, but to gel well with their their colleagues elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I have to confess, one of my absolute red lines when I'm recruiting somebody is, uh, I don't want somebody with a massive people with massive egos. Yeah. Um, and and that so so if you start from that position, and therefore uh, I have a team of people who who want to work together, um, and it isn't all about themselves, then that. You know that 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 really is a great place to start from. Um, if somebody isn't like that and is kind of showing signs of um, their ego breaking out and um, uh, and the team coming un- unstuck, uh, probably a good bit of team building activity would be required to get that back in line. People tend to want other people to like them and and work together for the greater good. But yes, I have to say, going in, I would uh, I do very much have a red line in terms of. 
uh, bringing people into the team and, and big egos don't don't really work. No, I agree. I agree. It's a tricky one, though, isn't it? Because people can kind of conceal that behaviour quite well. Often people with big egos are quite good at at acting their way through it. And if I've got any former bosses listening to this, they'll know exactly what I mean. But anyway, hopefully I've lived and learned and matured around that. Um, listen, I know you um, have a very, very busy schedule, so I just have two last questions for you. Um, the The penultimate question is, what's the biggest change you've got on your horizon? We are all in this scale-up world, managing big changes. What's big for you, Amabel? So what's big for us is really, I guess, that I think we've just become the size of a company where uh, not everybody knows everybody's name. Uh, now, obviously, that's not helped um, where we've had the move from office to to hybrid. But even so, we've kind of just got to that tipping point uh, where it would be impossible for everybody to know everybody's name, you know, all of the time. So it's that growth journey, really. We've got big plans over the next couple of years. Um, so that that I see as being the biggest challenge is kind of scaling the the culture, scaling the um, the business, trying to keep that um, Bloom family feel about the business, that sort of small company feel um, as we grow. I'm sure you will. It, it is tricky. I remember a McKinsey consultant saying to me years and years ago, long before I got into consulting, saying um, that in a business you want less than 100 or more than 100,000 people and everything in between is tricky. <laughs> which is which is rather a large rather large range really but well interestingly we've just hit 100 people so there you go there you go there you go but i'm sure you'll keep your family feel final question um for you amabel and lots of people who listen into this uh podcast are thinking maybe one day that it might be a path that opens up for them to be a ceo i mean all of us i think everybody who listens has to deal with ceos one way or another Three three quick pieces of advice for anyone aspiring to be a CEO to uh, to sign off with. Sure. So I guess uh, really understanding the behaviour and qualities needed in the role uh, and doing some research on that um, and working on them as an individual. I would say working on your presence, on your communication skills and on your relationship building skills. Um, and then... Finally, um, I think really having a, a a really good network um, that will help you with your ongoing development and and future career is really important as well. Very good, very good. Short, sharp, focused tips there, but very good. I definitely agree with the uh, the network one. That's how you and I came to be together. Ben making his network work for him, and we've been really delighted to have you on the program, Amabel. We've gone from. Uh, uh, meeting free Fridays through commitment, culture, and the whole challenge of hybrid working, plus lots more. You've packed in fantastic advice for us. Thank you so much um, for being part of the program. And we wish you and the Bloom family uh, only con- continued success as you go through 100 people into uh, to many hundreds of more, I suspect, in the future. Well, thank you, Matt. Really enjoyed it. It's always so interesting to hear CEOs talking about experimenting with the way they do things. And it's clear that Amabel and her team are responding to some of the biggest challenges we're all facing by trialing things like meeting free Fridays, regional hubs to support hybrid workers, and an online open door platform to allow people in the organization to give their views anonymously. Now, whether these all work or not isn't the point. It's the courage to get them out into the real world and see what impact they have on the ground that really matters. 
I'd particularly like to check in on the Friday thing in a few months and see how that's going, as full diaries are a challenge I think we can all relate to. Amabel is yet another great example of a CEO who believes passionately in diversity of thought in her exec. Just don't turn up with a big ego, as that's her red line, and quite rightly so. Many thanks to Amabel and the Bloom family, and of course, thanks to you for listening. If you're a new listener to Meet the CEO, welcome. Please take the opportunity to have a rummage around in our back catalogue on whatever platform you are joining us from. If you're a regular, thanks so much for your loyalty. Please press that subscribe or follow button if you haven't done so yet. And if you get a moment, please give us a review on your platform of choice. I promise, Amabel, it's not my ego that needs it. I'm told it helps us to get to even more people with our messages. Meantime, best wishes to you in all your endeavours. And I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode of Meet the CEO from Positive Momentum.